We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Washington, D.C. Acknowledge me. Chris Russell on the Team 980. I'm not trying to be a jerk. <laughs> go for two. Just go for two. Give EB a shot. Go, go. Just go for it. Hell, oh, well, I can export them. Oh, that's fire out, pal. Commander Sanchez, who calls in every once in a while, who does himself a great little podcast, Woo! who's a good dude. He lost his lunch. Go for two. Go for two. Go for two. Oh, man, they went for one. Go for two. Go for two. I love it. I love it. Go I love the two. energy. Just go for two. Give yeah. EB a shot. Yeah. Just go for it. Give EB a shot, Sanchez. Give Ronnie a shot. Riverboat Ron. That's why they call him Riverboat Ron. If he's going to be called Riverboat Ron, he's got to be a riverboat gambler all the time. Now, I didn't hear all of Kevin Sheehan's show. But Denton Day, you're in in the studio. Am, am I right in thinking Kevin didn't have a, uh, the parts that I did hear, Kevin did not have a major problem with them not going for two, correct? Uh, no, he was actually kind of pro what they did, which was go to overtime because he felt the teams were more evenly matched. Exactly. And here's the deal. And I said this several times on Twitter, but, or X or whatever, but it doesn't resonate for me like it does for everyone else. You know, J.P. Finley could fart on X and he'd get 3,000 likes. Grant Paulson could pick his nose on X and he'd get 5 million likes. Me, I make a smart analytical point, you know, doing my freaking job. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Not a soul. Not a soul cares. So last night, when I got back up from the locker room at Lincoln Financial Field, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Never once for a second did I think in regulation or at the end of regulation that they should go for two and try and win it and leave it all on the line. It didn't even cross my mind. Now, maybe that's dummy me. It should have crossed my mind. I admit that in hindsight. But I was just worried about, oh, my God. They tied up the game with no time on the clock. Kick the damn extra point. Hopefully the cheese man doesn't screw it up. Hopefully Joey Sly doesn't screw it up. And get to overtime. Try and win the coin toss. Try and score that way. Your defense, while not doing a good enough job, at times, at times, had done a decent enough job where you said, you know what, maybe if you win the coin toss, you go down, you score. 
A touchdown, you win it. You don't even give them the ball. If they get the ball, maybe your defense can turn them over. Maybe your defense could create a takeaway. Your defense that has 14,000 first-round picks and bazillions of dollars invested in it could create a takeaway off a team that aches to give the ball away at times. And nope. Not only did you not do anything with the ball, and there may have been a reason for that, which we'll get into, but then you couldn't stop them enough, enough, which leads to a game-winning 54-yard field goal from basically Mr. Automatic, Jake Elliott. And you go home with a what some people are calling a moral victory, what B. Mitch, I was just talking to him, over on the other side of the aisle, called a learning loss, and now you have a short turnaround and a short week to the awful, miserable Chicago Bears. But uh, ah, the last time you played an awful, miserable team at FedEx Field, what happened? You struggled and you struggled and you struggled some more. And you got lucky, quite honestly. You got lucky. And you won 20-16. to 16. So nothing is going to come easy this week. No matter what you think of the Bears, and they are every bit the mess, nothing is going to come easy this week. Commanders lose in overtime. Sucks that you got to play an overtime game on a very warm afternoon in South Philadelphia on a short week and lose. I mean, at least if you win, you're kind of buoyed by the win and you're exhausted. Right, because you're playing extra minutes. What did what did they play? Um, uh, the field goal came at three fifty eight of the overtime, so you played an extra six minutes and two seconds, right? Which is not the end of the world, but this is part of the reason why the NFLPA didn't want fifteen minute overtimes anymore, which everybody hated, but nobody thought of. Oh crap! What happens if you got to play a fifteen minute overtime, and then you got to play on Thursday night? And you got to travel, which the commanders don't have to travel to the Thursday night game. It's at home. But last year they traveled on the Thursday night game to Soldier Field. So that could have been the case, but it, it wasn't. But the point being is that's why they reduced it. Less wear and tear, less time to play football and get injured and to get worn out. And it's neither here nor there. It just would have been obviously better if you were three and one and emotionally high off the win, now you're emotionally low off the loss, but you know you went toe-to-toe with the NFC champions and a team that could have, should have maybe, won the Super Bowl. But now you got to take that to Thursday night, and you got to rock and roll and whatnot, Ben Standing style, and you've got to find a way to mash and maul, to feel good. You obviously cannot lose. But you got to find a way to mash and maul to feel good about yourself through five games at three and two. We will get into Thursday night football, obviously, as we go along. Probably not much today, a little bit today. Jay Gruden will join us at 2.30. Ron Rivera, press conference at 3 o'clock. What happened yesterday is no moral victory. What happened yesterday is... A team in year four 
of its rebuild and its remodeling, a team with a gutsy quarterback, a team with an offensive coordinator that for the most part yesterday found his way and did some smart things that we had not seen enough of, and a resilient team that still has way too many issues in areas other than quarterback, offensive line, and offensive coordinator. And it's things that we've touched on for months and months and months and months and months on end. This defense, while bolstered and buoyed by pick after pick after pick after pick after pick, can't get a pick when they need it, and gets shredded like mozzarella way too often, and is now allowed... 30-plus points, not all on them, not all on them, but 30-plus points in three games in a row. And let me tell you, if Arizona, let me tell you, if Arizona was any good, they probably would have rolled up 30. And if the Bears come in here and stop throwing up all over themselves, which they do on a regular basis, they rolled up like 400 yards. On this defense, on this prodigious defense. Again, they threw up all over themselves inside the 10. Credit to the commanders in some of those cases, but they ran up and down the field all over the commander's defense a year ago. Could that happen this Thursday night? Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Maybe. This defense... And the special teams, and I love Tressway, but those were two really, really bad punts. One, a line drive. No hair time or hang time, whatever. Coverage couldn't get down there. 20-yard return. Sets up the second A.J. Brown touchdown. The second one in overtime. He shanked it. That's what he told me. It looked it. That's what he confirmed for me. I was the only reporter to talk to him. Am I a reporter now? I don't know if I'm a reporter still. I Whatever. I was in the locker room. I asked him. Nobody was talking to him. I've known Tress for eight years. You were the only rooster that yeah, talked to him. Yeah, exactly. Cock-a-doodle-doo, baby. I mean, and, and Tress, I feel so bad I didn't even want to put a camera on him. I was like, I feel so bad because he's been so good and he's such a good dude. I hate talking remotely bad, but he had two very poor punts late in that game and in overtime, or late in regulation and in overtime. And it cost the commanders not one, not three, not seven, but ten points. One was a 20-yard return that sets up the second A.J. Brown touchdown uh, with a minute and 45 seconds left or whatever it is, and we'll get into the machinations of that. But also one in overtime, which goes for 29 yards and gives... The Eagles, with a super-duper place kicker, the ball at, like, the 41-yard line. I mean, you can't have that. Unfortunately, cha- um, um, the punter, Tressway, I was thinking Chase Young. My goodness, my brain is mush. Unfortunately, the punter, who's been so good, had two of his worst punts that he's had in a really long time. Remember, he was really close to getting cut in 2015, early in the year, 
And instead, they cut Kai Forbath when everybody thought they were going to cut Tressway. Remember that punt return for a touchdown in the 2015 opener against Miami that cost them that game and so on and so forth? Everybody thought Tressway was going to get cut, and here he is eight years later still booming away. But Tressway had two terrible punts, and that's in his words. Not just what I saw live, not what I reacted to live, not what I said live on X or Twitter or whatever, not what I said... Not the reason why I was stalking him in the locker room, waiting for him to turn around to talk and just say, hey, man, did I see the right thing? Unfortunately, I did. Nobody wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about old Riverboat Ron not selling the mortgage, not cashing in all of his chips, not doing what Riverboat means, whatever that means, not doing what the analytics, the number nerds, the gamblers, what they want. Not going by some chart that lacks all the context in the world. His team had just tied the game up at zeros on a warm, sunny day in South Philadelphia. They went 64 yards in a buck 43. They ran at that point, I think it's 70 offensive plays. 70. 70. So he, in his explanation, JP asked him, Finley, not JP Flame, of the Junkies. You can hear JP and the Junkies, JP Flame and the Junkies here on the Team 980 every morning, 6 to 10. JP Finley asked, hey, man, did you consider going for two? So Riverboat Ron says, I did, but... My guys were gassed, to which some people, many people have said, whoa, why would they be tired? Well, tired doesn't mean anything. Just run it in, ram it in. If they were tired, then Philadelphia's defense should be tired. And all of that has some elements of truth to it, right? All of that has some elements of truth. But there is, and kudos to my colleague Kevin Sheehan, and kudos, I think, to Brian Mitchell as well, who didn't exactly say he was against it or for it, but he said basically, and this is the truth, if they didn't go for two and then they lost the game, Ron made a horrible mistake. If they won the game in overtime after safely And smartly, using common sense, something I'm big on, something that the rest of the number nerds are not big on, if they lose the game because they didn't go for two, it's the end of the world. But if they lose the game going for two at the end of regulation when his team is mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, which, again, he's down on the sideline. I know it was warm. They ran 70-plus plays at this point. Desperation mode. I mean, I think we should give Ron Rivera a little bit of benefit of the doubt that he knows whether his team is gassed or not. And whether that sounds true or not, I mean, listen, I don't know if they were, but all I can tell you is you run 70 plays on an 82-ish degree day with bright sunshine And your game comes down to one play, execution, one thing. 
I can live with him choosing the smarter, more common-sensible approach and trying to get the ball back in overtime, which he did. And if not for Terry McLaurin coming out a half an inch out of bounds, I mean a half an inch, and somehow stepping on a dude's wrist, and if it was called a catch, it would have been upheld as a catch. It was called incomplete. It was upheld as incomplete. But on a third and five from your own 30, a beautiful throw from Sam Howell to Terry McLaurin, if he comes down inbounds, and again, it could have gone one way or the other, the commanders get a first down and at least, at least put themselves in somewhat a position to kick a field goal. Not right after that. They would have to string together another first down to get into field goal position. And again, a touchdown wins the game automatically, keeps the Eagles from even having the ball. A field goal does not. But at least they would have had a field goal. Probably. Maybe. But instead, they've got to punt the ball away. And again, the punt is shanked. And that's in the words of Tressway. Not me, but it's obvious. That's in the words of Tressway. And... Then before you know it, even though Chase Young gets a quarterback hit on Jalen Hurts, even though they're short on third and seven, they get a tush push at fourth and one at midfield. They're off sides, Philadelphia. It's not called. Now, maybe Washington was a little bit off sides as well. That's not called. But I know Philadelphia was. And before you know it, On third and 17, third and 17. Now you try to take away anything deep because they've beaten you over the top twice in this game. Third and 17, you give up a nine-yard pass to Devontae Smith in a zone. Again, you're trying to play conservative because you don't want to get beat over the top, right? Third and 17. You don't want to blitz and, and send the kitchen sink. It's exactly what you don't want to do. But you give that up and Jake Elliott gets a 54-yarder instead of a 58-yarder or a 60-yarder or 61-yarder or 62-yarder or whatever. And maybe he would have made both. I don't know. But he damn sure made the 54-yarder because he's really good. I mean, there are things that we can rightfully pick apart and say, man, they fell woefully short here. Emmanuel Forbes, the punts, the offense and the, you know, late second quarter, third quarter. There are things we can... Jahan Dotson on a third and four, you can't have that ball go through your hands. There are things we can rightfully pick on. Antonio Gibson's fumble on a shovel toss pitch that may have gone for six instead doesn't. There are things we can rightfully pick on. I don't think it's fair... You can criticize it. You can say, I would have gone for two. That's you. But I don't think it's fair to lay this one on Ron Rivera. That doesn't mean he's a great head coach. That doesn't mean I like what Ron does on every call. I had no problem with this one. None. Now, does that make me a wimp? Maybe. Does that make me conservative by nature? Sure, I am. I'm risk averse as much as I possibly can. The problem is, Ron 
didn't really fall true to what his philosophy is and what his beliefs are and what he has said on the record over and over and over and over again. And that's where there's some indecision and some hesitation, some trepidation on my part in terms of totally defending Ron because he has said just the opposite. We'll give you that when we come on back and we'll start grabbing your phone calls. I already see you lined up. On the Ace Law Listener Lines, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Again, on the Ace Law Listener Lines, in a wreck, which I was almost in several times yesterday. Ace Law will help you get a check. Call them. 8888-ACE-LAW. 8888-ACE-LAW. And tell them, Team 980 sent you right to your calls. Plus, what exactly Ron has said in the past about the two-point, non-two-point being on the road, We'll have that all for you and more reaction from a 34-31 overtime loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in South Philadelphia yesterday. Right here on the Team 980, always live and free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it is a misery Monday, but a Motown Monday in the nation's capital and beyond. Commanders lose 34-31 in overtime to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about it all with you, Jay Gruden, at 2.30. Ron Rivera, I think he's still talking at 3. We've got to double-check that uh, with the wacky schedule this week. We'll bring that to you uh, as soon as we get confirmation on time today. And your phone calls at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Again, everybody seemingly is focusing on the decision to not go for two and to kick the extra point. Again, if they would have won in overtime, I'm sure there would have been people still upset that they didn't go for two at the end of regulation. As a matter of fact, I know there would have been. But... It wouldn't look as weird or bad. It wouldn't be talked about as much if they had won in overtime, which they had a chance to. We'll get into the machinations of it all. But here's one thing. I did want to bring this up. I was there week six, 2020 at MetLife Stadium. Empty stadium. It's a road game. But it's not a road game because there's no fans. It's just played in a road stadium. And Ron Rivera goes for two after Cam Sims and Kyle Allen hook up on a touchdown pass with 35 seconds left to draw the commanders to within 20 to 19. Again, 35 seconds left, so there is a little bit of a difference. Ron goes for two. The play bottles up. They don't get it. And the Giants come out, kneel down, and the game's over. No chance. You didn't execute one play. One play. Something went wrong, and the game's over. All your efforts wasted. Here, they chose to kick the extra point, which is the common sense approach, and give themselves 
more opportunity to try and win the game. Instead of it coming down to one play where something could go wrong, a sack, a miscommunication, a bad throw, a bad block, whatever the case might be. And yet people are screaming at the top of their lungs like Ron Rivera is clueless. I can't do that, people. Ron said back in 2020, and he also said this before, um, I guess in 2018, via my guy Teresh from uh, Tegna, who always comes up with great stuff. Quote, I told them in the locker room, I play to win. I told you guys, that's part of my philosophy. The only way to win is to play to win. That's what I want those guys to understand. And that was after that loss, after that game. He said, also, the mentality has to be, we have to do certain things to win football games. And if taking a little gamble is part of it, then that's what I'm doing. The players wanted to go for it, but it was my decision. One more. This one was like the weirdest one. He said, I believe in over time, going for two favors the home team. Which the Eagles were the home team yesterday. The Giants were back in 2020. But when you're on the road, my mentality is, if you're down there and you need two yards, you have to go for it. Now, again, the home road thing doesn't make any difference back in 2020 because there was no fans. It made no sense then. It makes no sense now. Yesterday, there are fans. So Ron came up with a different excuse. My guys were gassed, which is very, very, very plausible. And what happens when you're exhausted? You make a mistake. In a lot of cases. Not all the time, but in a lot of cases. Again, I had no problem with Ron Rivera living for tomorrow. They lost. It sucks. I understand those that want him to be more aggressive. I don't live in a world of reckless stupidity and aggress- and over-aggressiveness. I live in a world of, hey, man, try and invest my money in a safe manner, not a volatile manner. Some of you live in that world. I don't. So maybe that's the difference between me and you. I don't know. But again, I can't kill Ron Rivera for the decision, even though his explanations back in 2020 and beyond clearly are different than his explanation yesterday. But he did, to be fair to him, say, hey, man, I thought about it. My players were gassed. They had just run 70 plays on a warm, sunny afternoon in Philadelphia. You don't have to like it, but we shouldn't trash it, quite honestly. Your thoughts, your calls coming up, 301-230-0980. Let me take a quick trending alert, and then we will come on back and take your phone calls, I promise. And we can talk about anything and everything uh, in the rest of yesterday's loss in overtime with the Bears straight ahead in just a couple of days. That's here on the Team 980. Speaking of the Chicago Bears, Chase Claypool is not going to be available for them on Thursday. That's because the team sent him home yesterday before 
a heartbreaking loss to the Denver Broncos, uh, and he's already basically been ruled out for Thursday night football here at FedEx Field against the Commanders. Of course, we'll have all week, all day coverage for you, post game and everything, as the Commanders try and go to three and two after yesterday's heartbreaking loss. We'll hear from Jay Gruden, Ron Rivera, and more. Coming up tonight, Monday Night Football at MetLife Stadium after the Sunday night game uh, last night between the Jets and the Chiefs. It's Monday Night Football tonight, and it's the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks. The action on 106.7 The Fan, and they'll take you through starting at 7.30 from MetLife Stadium as the Giants may not have Saquon Barkley. He is doubtful. Uh, for this game. And that's what's trending. I told you we'd be back quick. We always are. We're here for you. 135, Team 980. And the Odyssey app, along with Matty Ice on the other side of the glass. I am the Rooster. Good to have you with us until 4 o'clock. And we'll take your call starting right here, right now, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. All the Ace Law listener lines and a wreck. Ace Law, I hope you get a check. Call 888-ACE-LAW. Who do you blame for the loss? Is it as simple as Ron Rivera not going for two? Or is it The vaunted defense, which once again gave up 30-plus points. Now listen, one quick thing. Some people are going to kill Jack Del Rio and Emmanuel Forbes for not making enough adjustments, and I got it. I understand Emmanuel Forbes struggled yesterday. He also made some some, some nice plays too. But those get washed away when you get torched like he did a couple of times. But it ain't just him, guys. It ain't just him. Derek Forrest has not been good the last two weeks, and he was not good yesterday. And that pass rush, when it needs to make a play that defines a game on the road against a divisional opponent, a team that's better than you, but not by that much, eh, pass rush wasn't there enough. Not that it wasn't ever there, but it wasn't there enough. And here's another problem. Every time you think, just be more aggressive, play tighter coverage, do this, do that. What happens is you get what happened on the first A.J. Brown touchdown, which is they lined up a couple of receivers to the far left of Jalen Hurts. They faked the bubble screen. The commanders kind of bit on it, got confused. A.J. Brown gets wide open on down the sideline, catches a ball. Derek Forrest takes a bad angle, misses a tackle, and he runs cross-scissor route, or not scissor route, but cross-scissors across the field for a 59-yard touchdown. In Denver, they blitzed off the corner, and they gave up a 60-yard touchdown. So for everybody that's sitting there saying, oh, yeah, Jack Rio got to be more aggressive. Yeah, be more aggressive, but they got to get off. When they're aggressive, when they blitz, you got to get home because they give up big plays. So, I mean, we can, again, crush Jack Del Rio from now until kingdom come, 
Your players got to make plays. They've got to make plays. And they don't make enough plays. And that includes everybody on that defense. Nobody is doing enough, quite honestly. Nobody. Enough. At times, but nobody is doing enough. And you don't need to me to tell you that. The obvious is 30-plus points in three consecutive games. All right, let's go out to the calls and start knocking them down. Let's go to Tippy and Wheaton to uh, lead us off here on a misery Monday. What's up, Tippy? How are you? Booster, thanks for taking my call, buddy. How are you? Really enjoying the show. Thank you, man. I'm doing fine. Hope your family's well. Same. Shout out to Matt. Appreciate him. And listen, I was the first one in this town, Booster. I said it in the springtime on Doc's show, and I said it on your show, that Sam Howe was going to be in the running for the league MVP. That's right. I said it back then before summer camp started. I'm not saying he's going to be. I'm just saying if he keeps playing like that, look out. But that defense, man, look. Yeah, it's Jack Del Rio. You Man, you come out there in overtime, you got to be popping up like popcorn, man. They came out instead like flat soda and stale potato chips. Man, let me tell you. You got to coach them boys up. If you want to stand with your arms folded like the riverboat and be too cool for school, that's all right. You're the head coach. It's the assistant coaches that got to do it during the game. That's what the enemy does. My gosh, Jack Dell, he must be smoking butt naked or something because you got the chance to go like that and you roll and lay an egg. Oh, my Lord. You better watch out. Fields is starting to feel it. Don't let him come in here and have some career-changing game like they've done in the past. They better be ready for Thursday night, Rooster, because this ain't no joke. And let me tell you something. Maryland's on national TV. You think they got a shot? I do. Coach Mike's my favorite coach, and Motown's my favorite music. And this is my favorite show. Thank you, Rooster. Peace Ooh, out, buddy. Appreciate you, Tippy. Thank you, pal. Uh, always strong and always. And Tippy was right. He was he was high on Sam Howell. And listen, Sam Howell yesterday. And I said this on Twitter before. What we thought was going to be the final throw. And instead, they got two. With five seconds left, a pass that falls incomplete, and then they get the second opportunity. Before that, Sam Howell had done enough to once again re-fortify in my mind that they had done the absolute right thing to go with him this year. Now, Linnell can scream and cry and whine, and you can join him about developing a quarterback in year four. When you suck at evaluating quarterbacks... It does make sense to go with a cheap, nondescript option who has potential. They're not going with Kyle Allen. They're not going, no offense, with Taylor Heineke, who's more of a gamer than he is a talent. They're going with a raw talent who costs them nothing after blowing miserable amounts of money 
doing it the other way and trying to make bad trade after bad trade, which they would have if they could have. 301 Let's go to Kai next up in D.C. What up, Kai? How are you? What's up, Bruce? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for making it, Kai. Uh, I, was calling this, I was calling to say um, I'm watching the game from at home. And I'm pretty sure we have analytic guys on the sideline or upstairs, wherever, telling the offensive coordinator what's working or what's not correct. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. I, I mean, so they're, they're up in the is, coaches' you know, booth. I don't know what kind of role they have during the game, uh, but clearly they have information that they've inputted throughout the week to Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera, no doubt. And Jack Del Rio. Okay, but I'm – Okay, so we watching. I'm, I'm watching the game. I seen that we were killing the Eagles, running to the left. Mm-hmm. We got a touchdown in the goal line. Yep. Curtis Samuel to the left, touchdown to the left. But Brian Robinson fumbled. Yep. Uh, Terry McCollum picked, picked it up. Right. Antonio, um, Antonio fumbled uh, then, that shovel toss, which could have gone for a then, touchdown. Uh, recovered it, but could have gone, gone for a touchdown. For a touchdown. And, yep. And Brian Robinson had like what three, two big runs running to the left. Yep, yep, right? yep. Am I right? Yeah, so yeah. Touchdown was basically off the left guard, left tackle. Yeah. Sure. No, I'm talking about when we were down the field. He broke one for like ten yards or like eleven yards, and that was to the left. All our big runs were to the left. Right. All we had to do on a simple two yards on the goal line is a another pitch this time to Robinson. Because he's going to catch it, and then he's going to run somebody over at that. The Eagles could not guard us running to the left. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. The simplest play that we had to run on the goal line was just a run to the left. That's it. Run to the left. We were going to win the game. Well, and he, well, well we, we, we think, Kai. We think, right? I, I mean, no, they could we they, they could play it differently. Bruce, I want you to go back. Listen, Rooster, I want you to go back and look at the game and look at – and. You can look at the average of what we were averaging going to the left. I think we were averaging at least five to seven yards running to the left. All game, running to the left, we were averaging five to seven yards running to the left. So what I'm saying is if we're averaging five to seven yards running to the left, we only have to get two yards. Why not run to the left and get that? Well, be, because he, here, here's how I'm going to counter Here's how I'm going to counter that. You're you're right. We and we talked about this on Friday that the way to run against the Eagles was to the perimeter edges, right? Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what makes and the most sense. Working. But what I'm what I'm saying is, don't you think that also Sean Desai, the Eagles' defensive coordinator, Nick Sariani are also saying, hey, you know what? They've been running to the left. They've been having success there. If they're going to run, nope. you know, m- maybe we sell out in, in that particular – now, maybe you're right, and maybe they connect it easily, they no problem. But because we were in the past situation. We were in a past situation. We just got down there all past. I understand. So a run would have caught them off guard. I understand. A run would have caught them off guard. I understand. So that's what I'm saying. A run, we would have walked in, and we would have won the game. And then my last point on third and seventeen. I want you to go back and look. They blitzed Cody Barton and Cam Curl. And Cam Curl blitzed in the middle with an all-pro. And that's Walsh. He's not getting through uh, Jason Kelsey. Why? Where was Jamin Davis on? That's what he do best is blitz. Why is Cody Barton and Cam Curl blitzing? You're talking about on the second to last, the, the second to last play right before yeah, the Elliott field goal? On third and Yes, on okay. third and 17, they blitzed Cam Curl and Cody Barton up the middle. I don't understand why is Cam Curl blitzing. And then 
I don't understand like the football logic of our team. Like it's third and seventeen, yep. and we can't give up five yards, yeah. but we're playing seven yards back. I don't understand. Do they want to win or do they want to lose? Because they just give teams what they want. Like every week, Stephon Diggs. Every week is just teams get what they want on us. It's sudden death. We can't give up no yards, but instead we're playing. Yeah, good call. Good call, Kai, as always. I appreciate you. Uh, Strong call. Here's the thing. Jack does like to blitz in weird situations. Remember the third and 15 week two last year against DeAndre Swift? We talked about this play on Friday. DeAndre Swift didn't really have an impact on this game all that much. Maybe the first drive of the second second half. Jack, third and 15, double fire blitz. In this case, I got to go back and you know watch, watch this more closely because I didn't, you know, third and seventeen they gave up nine yards, whatever. But weird, right? I mean, you play soft, 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 and he blitzes in weird times. So that's fair. Listen, Jack's gonna catch a lot of heat, giving up three, yeah, you know, again, three straight games with a boatload of talent, thirty plus points. Whether no matter what you want to say. They've given up a lot of points. And one thing I will say about a great offense, they find a way to isolate matchups and superstars, and they keep going to work. Like early on yesterday, the Commanders had a lot of success going to Terry McLaurin, and he did have 10 targets for eight catches and 86 yards, and he should have had another big one, maybe in overtime. So I can't kill them for not doing that. But the Eagles do it to a different level. To a different level. They found A.J. Brown time and time and time again in similar, uh, in in man matchups, in a lot of cases, even traveling with Emmanuel Forbes, a bigger physical guy against a young rookie who's, you know, 165 pounds. And yet they just kept going and going and going and going and beating a dead horse. They isolate, they exploit, and they try and find a way, whether it's successful or not, to get their best players the ball in the most advantageous matchups. And I don't always feel like that happens around here, no matter who the coordinator is. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980, more of your calls coming straight up. Uh, I see you, Joe, Lap, Lou. Uh, we'll get to you. Got a couple of open lines for you on the Ace Law listener lines. 301-230-0980. Who do you blame? Ron Rivera for the two-point conversion or something else? Jack Del Rio, the defense, special teams. Uh, you you know, you, you want to go somewhere else? Go yeah, Offensive line, I guess. You want to go somewhere else? Linebackers? Pass rush? Whatever you want. 301-230-0980 on the Team 980. Always live and free on the Odyssey app. All right, right back to your calls right here on a Misery Motown Monday before 2 o'clock. Actually, we're going to hear from Ron Rivera early next hour because he already um, spoke to reporters with the short week, different schedule, what have you. Uh, So we'll hear from Ron Rivera, then we'll set up uh, for Jay Gruden coming up, and we'll continue to mix in all of your calls. Let's go to Joe and Laurel uh, on the Team 980. What up, Joe? How are you? Good. How are you doing? All right, Joe. What's going on? Uh, this is actually my first time calling. Um, Good to have you. I think that there you go. 
I think we should be more aggressive with Terry. Um, he only has 200 yards in four games, and our best players average 50 yards a game. I think the more aggressive we are targeting him in the beginning of the game, we can mm-hmm. do better. I mean, we can have our best receiver getting 500 yards in the whole entire you know season. Yeah. Well, they were I they. We I, I mean, I they we were pretty aggressive pretty. early on in the game targeting Terry. And overall, yes. And again, even in overtime on that third down incompletion, which was barely, and I mean barely, out of bounds. The problem was is they kind of almost lost him essentially after the second touchdown, like the twelve minute mark of the second quarter, until really yeah, the fourth quarter. It seemed like he was kind of missing an action. Right. And we can't do that if we don't if we want to win games. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time we scored, the Eagles scored. Every time the Eagles punted, we punted. So I feel like we can't. We got to come out strong. We can't, you know, give up, you know, all these touchdowns, thirty points a game. We can't go to the playoffs that way. Are we gonna go through? Are we gonna win? Yeah. No, I, I, I understand. I appreciate the phone call and glad to have you uh, a part of the show. Thanks, Joe. Uh, it's a good point. I mean, like they. They got some stops on the Eagles. Remember that drive late in the fourth quarter where they gave up a 24-yard run on first down to Jalen Hurts? I thought they were in big-time trouble there. And yet, you know, he got around James Smith-Williams, and yet they forced a third down, uh, a third and out, a three and out, I should say. Uh, not a three and out. Uh, it was uh, actually like four. St- you know, they did get a false start on Jordan Maialata, which helped. Uh, but Forbes had back-to-back plays on that sequence with pass breakups. And Montez Sweat got pressure. And I thought they were in big-time trouble there. So there were times where this defense was spry. And there was times where this defense was on. That's one of them. Even after making an initial mistake, they shut it down. But then you get the bad punt after you can't execute on offense. And they come back. And they get torched by A.J. Brown. And Emmanuel Forbes got to turn his head around. Emmanuel Forbes, I've seen this. I've talked about this. I've talked about it with him. We had him on the show back in August. Hey, man, when you get beat, what's going to happen? Right? Like, believe it or not, even though he's fast, there are faster guys. He got torched. He never turned his head around. Never turned around. And he didn't locate the ball. And normally in camp, I've seen him swat stuff away and read the receiver's eyes and hands. He didn't do it yesterday. He wasn't really that close, close. He was close, but not that close, close. If that makes sense. And he got abused much of the game. But again, he was not the only one. I like. I love Derek Forrest. Derek Forrest has not been good the last two weeks. Uh, let's grab a, well, actually, you know what, to be fair, take a timeout. Um, hang on, Jonesy, Lou, Lap, Eddie in Centerville. Uh, we're going to have some thoughts from Ron Rivera coming up here. Then we'll be able to squeeze in a bunch of your phone calls in between that. Uh, and Jay Gruden later on in the show. Good to have you with us on a misery Monday. Commanders lose 34-31 in overtime in South Philadelphia. Two and two host the Chicago Bears this Thursday. Ron Rivera coming up here in just a bit. On the Team 980. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.